You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. In my lifetime, I expect to see three, four, perhaps even more women on the high court bench. Women not shaped from the same mold, but of different complexions. Welcome back to season three of United States of Women, the awesome women's history podcast by Geek Elite Media Network. I'm Elizabeth, and as always, I'm joined by the amazing Jessica. Oh, hello. So, season three, we are dealing with all the lovely women of New Jersey. Yes. In this podcast, what we try to do is give you, in each season, mm-hmm. eight amazing women that have almost been forgotten by history. Yeah. Ones that you may not have heard of. So today, Jessica, Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about Ruth St. Dennis. Yep, I don't know that name. Who who I am referring to as the dancing goddess, and we'll understand why a little bit later. But Ruth was born Ruth Dennis... On January 20th, 1879, on a small farm in New Jersey. Okay. No specific location, like just out in the country, on a farm in New Jersey. (laughs) Her mother was a self-trained physician. Ooh, that's cool. Right? Really interesting for the 19th century. And her father was an inventor. That is also cool. So what we know about her early education is she studied primarily two things, Christian science and thesphacy. Thesphacy? Thesphacy? Theosophy? Theosophy? Theosophy. Theosophy. Oh, so it's basically like philosophy, but with God in it. Kind of. <laughs> so I actually, because I did have to Wikipedia this, and I wikipedia it at first, and then I had to like re-Wikipedia it when we got ready to do this episode, because I was like, I still have no idea what the heck this is. So it is a religion that was established in the U.S., so it's an entirely U.S.-based religion. Okay. However... That threw me off. <laughs> it was founded primarily by a Russian immigrant by the name of Helena Blavatsky, and it draws its teachings from Volotsky's writings. And it's basically the concept of there is no greater religion than the truth. So it's almost a marriage of religion and education. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it, it could be its own entire podcast. Like, it's very interesting. But okay. that's pretty much all you need to know for this episode because Ruth doesn't follow that path, but it's important for where she does go. Okay, so most of her teaching is either Christian science, mm-hmm. so Christian education, yes, and this theosophy, so yes. this religion, philosophy, education. Education concept. is truth, and then therefore the true religion, but I'm also Christian. Yes. So I understand Christian science, but... <laughs> So the other main thing that she did as a child is she studied Delisart's Society Gymnastics and Voice Culture. Ooh. Okay. 
So Delisarts is a applied teaching primarily for arts. Okay. About how to make your body more expressive. Through dance and movement and or no well even no mostly just body posture okay and like facial expressions and hand expressions okay language without language body language, language without language and then voice culture being how tone and pitch can, can change the meaning of what you can say. change the meaning of what you say okay so this was this was primarily her childhood so these kind of that's what we would consider obscure educational bases, but they were hip and now in the late 19th century. Like these were. It's it's like putting a label to something we already knew, though, because it's like how society was, was how your body language was. Like, especially for women, like, yeah. say, in the court system, like you had to move a certain way. And if you moved a different way, it meant a thing. Like, I'm thinking like fans. Yeah. You know, when they use fans in the court, and if you did it like this, you were flirting. If you did it like this, you were pissed. If you did it like this, but it's literally just a really subtle movement change with yeah. how you're holding the fan and how you're flicking it and all that. Like, you could either insult the queen of Russia or you could yeah. become Make, her best friend by exactly. how you flick your fan open. <laughs> so, with all of this background, in 1894, Ruth <clears throat> debuted as a skirt dancer. Which was another term that I was like, that doesn't... What? Yeah. So it's basically like a chorus dancer in oh, the back. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So background. Okay. Um, for Worth's Family Theater and Museum. Mm. And she was so good, she worked her way up there. Yeah. And ended up... <clears throat> from there, she began touring with David Belasco, who was apparently a very prominent theater musical producer at the time. I feel like I have heard that name before. Couldn't so. tell you where or how, but I know I've heard that name before. But we know we've heard this name, yes. So in 1904, while she was touring Belasco's production of Madame Dubarry in mm -hmm. Buffalo, New York, mm -hmm. she went to a, she stopped at a, a a convenience store. Yeah. Um, a general store. And in there, she saw cigarette packages and cigarette advertisements with oriental women and goddesses on the packaging. And she became so obsessed with this image of Isis, the goddess Isis that she saw. Oh, yes. <laughs> that she dived headlong into oriental philosophies was like oriental what it was called at the time yes okay all right i just want to be sure that we are aware we don't call <laughs> yeah no i i am using the terms as they were termed then okay and, right. and and i am and i'm using them very purposefully because ruth would then base her future careers entirely on this concept. Okay. Okay. So they were referred to as Oriental philosophies. Really, what you're looking at is Buddhism, Hinduism, Hinduism, Taoism. There like. was some yes. Egyptology. <laughs> there was Babylonian Ooh, philosophies. Yeah. It, so, like, 
basically everything that isn't Western culture. <laughs> the right. entire continent of Asia, roughly. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. So, no, yes, we would not refer to them in today's language as Oriental philosophies. And so, please, audience, tap into that when I move forward, because this is going to get more and more offensive. Oh, well, that makes sense. It's just, it's one of those where you look at it and they think they're honoring or celebrating cultural appropriation it's cultural appropriation and and not even getting the culture quite right because you're just saying it's all the same exactly no it's not it's like no egyptology has nothing to do (laughs) with buddhism (laughs) because i'm like okay oriental but then you say goddess isis and i'm like wait what (laughs) like where are you going yeah so just I I am truly I am trying to go with the terminology as it was expressed then for reasons that you'll see as we move forward. <clears throat> so after this quote unquote awakening uh-huh. <laughs> due to an advertisement <laughs> in a convenience store. <laughs> uh, in 1905, uh, Dennis left Belasco's um, troop to begin to perform as a solo artist. Okay. Okay. And it's at this time that she adopts the stage name of St. Dennis. Um, In particular, she began, just before she set out for her first solo European tour, Mm -hmm. her mother went around to all of her luggage and added the saint as kind of a protection. Just, it, I, I, I think I get it. I yeah. <laughs> Mom's being weird. Yeah. Um, so she added that to her luggage. So she began to tour in Europe. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time in Europe and in the U.S., the quote unquote oriental um, cultures were the latest and greatest. It was what everybody was obsessed with. Kind of like how in the 1960s and 70s everybody all of a sudden became obsessed with yoga yeah or pilates like (laughs) yeah that makes sense same same kind of westernization of (laughs) other cultures Mm -hmm. um so in this train saint dennis had created for her and she performed a production called Radha, mm-hmm. which she put to the music from the opera La McKay. Don't know that one. Lakme. Lakme. Yeah. Um, which was a Russian opera. <laughs> that makes sense. Why don't I don't I'm I'm very iffy on my Russian <laughs> operas. <laughs> Italians. So, <laughs> so not at all what we would consider an actual honoring of a culture. Because as all of the articles discuss of hers, at this stage, she had become obsessed with basically making herself a goddess through her dance. Okay. 
which is why I'm calling her it. the dancing goddess because she she wanted to have herself perceived as a goddess on the stage. Stage presence, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she was very interested in how a lot of Asian cultures and African cultures and their f- folk music, folk dancing was very driven by connection to the earth mm-hmm. and natural movements and those kinds of things. So she shift. She was taking a shift from ball- classical ballet to this kind of style. Okay, adding okay. a sort of tribal element and earthy element. Correct connection. So making dance spiritual. Yes, very much so. Um, and so this production of Rada was as put by almost all of my my sources oh, no. not authentic but play to the audience's fascination with the orient like that that was the those were the quotes it wasn't authentic but they were like yeah that's the orient <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> um and yes yeah, st dennis was very focused on dance as a spiritual expression. So very much this marrying of whatever religion she was focused on at the time and dance. And the reason I say whatever she was focused on at the time is we'll get there in her later (laughs) years. So in 1911, she had returned to the U.S. and was touring the U.S. as a solo artist. Mm -hmm. And she performed in Denver... And one of the audience members was a male dancer named Ted Sean. And upon, I think I I love this, this line. (laughs) A young dancer named Ted Sean saw St. Dennis perform in Denver. It was artistic love at first sight. Artistic love. I like that. I guess. So in 1914, he, Sean applied to be her student. Oh. Basically an apprentice. Mm Mm-hmm. And very quickly, like within the year, <laughs> became her husband. <laughs> all right. So not artistic love. <laughs> Wait, artistic love, physical love, all the love. All the love. All the love. So they got married in, at the end of 1914. In 1915, the two of them created, founded the Dineshan School, dance school. Okay. In L.A., which is considered the cradle of American modern dance. Modern dance. So modern dance is our subject for today in association with Ruth St. Dennis. So modern dance is a considered, here's the definition, a broad genre of Western concert or theatrical dance, which included dance styles such as ballet, folk, ethnic, religious, and social dancing. Yes, it's it's a mix of dancing where the dancing is the message. It's not interpreting the message of the music. It is the Correct. it's it's like slam poetry but no words. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So this was so they they founded this school. The students studied ballet barefoot entirely. They never obtained point shoes. Which yeah, was the that, big... That's like modern dance. What's modern? Don't wear shoes. Just don't wear <laughs> shoes. Um, and then ethnic and folk dances. 
these, uh, so here's, here's another one of those fun, they did the Delisart gymnastics, which she had learned as a child. Mm-hmm. And then they all learned Delacro's Eutherhythmics. Eutherhythmics. Yes. So Delacro, Delacros, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. D-A-L-C-R-O-Z-E. Delacroze. We're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's listened to enough of the Geekly podcast knows that I can't pronounce things. <laughs> but um, Eutherhythmics is a concept of how to teach music mm-hmm. through dance and primarily dance with movement fully about the floor. Okay. Okay. Again, one of the these weird, but it's still taught today. I I I get it. I I think I I don't know yeah. how you teach me. I'm really curious. I want to see how a class of this goes on. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's the utilization of the body as the instrument to teach like pitch and ear training. Well, it's okay. Yeah. I. I don't understand. I mean, it. I know a few exercises being a singer in which you put yourself in like stretches and stuff in order to like create a good diaphragm and create good breath flow. I'm wondering if that might be the origin of those things. I believe so. Because okay. that seems to be at least like, because I like watched YouTube videos of people trying to teach classes on this and I'm like, I don't understand any of this. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. One of the things I remember is like having to sing basically upside down where you're like for the forward fold from yoga and you're yeah. having to sing upside down and that helps breath control and other stuff. and <laughs> Doing crunches while you like do staccatos St- not staccatos that's not the right term but yeah they go yeah. <laughs> so some of saint dennis's um students included dancers such as doris humphrey mm-hmm. lillian powell mm. evan burroughs fontaine uh charles weedman Martha Graham. So, like, some pretty decent-sized names. Yeah. During this time, they also, and I had never heard of this, maybe you have, they created the dance festival Jacob's Pillow. A term I've heard? I don't know. I've, I've got members of my family that were big in dance and theater, but... I, I I was decently into dance. I have never heard of Jacob's Pillow, but like one of the articles was like the legendary dance festival Jacob's Pillow. And I'm like, not what? legendary to me. Yeah. <laughs> so if any of you listeners have heard of Jacob's Pillow, by all means, please tweet at us because I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, and I had done so many looking up to try and understand terms in this episode that I just, I was like, I I can't. Um, Additionally, beyond uh, teaching the school, um, where, so at the school, St. Dennis served as the inspiration, and her husband was much more of the actual technical teacher. Mm. So, Mm. which I found very interesting. Um, They also toured throughout the 1920s and 30s uh so here's where everything kind of 
Their productions uh, were frequently on the vaudeville stage, mm-hmm. and they include productions a production called Tillers of the Soil, uh, which was Egyptian-centric. Firk Dance, also Egyptian-centric. Yep. And Ishtar of the Seven Gates, which was a Babylonian-inspired. Yeah. Ishtar. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, No. it's... (laughs) So that was the 20s and 30s. Okay. (laughs) By 1930, the Denishan school had basically crumbled. They were apparently great teachers, really bad at business. That is the number one thing with like creative arts businesses (laughs) is you really need that person that is not creative to be running the business. Yeah. So, um, but despite that, St. Dennis continued to dance, teach, choreograph uh, works. Um, but at this time, after the 1930s, mm-hmm. she shifted from Oriental centric okay. to relig- Western religion and dance, and in particular, rhythmic choir dances. Okay. I feel like you can see my face right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, one of the other lines that I got from uh, an article was she went from wanting to see herself as an oriental goddess to the Virgin Mary. (laughs) But okay. (laughs) I mean, I guess maybe she would. I feel like I get it. Because maybe she'd get more backing if she was a Virgin Mary over the Orient. I honestly think it was one of those, like, as interest shifted mm-hmm. yeah. for audiences, so did her... It's a stage presence. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's not who you are. It's who you want to be perceived as. Exactly. Um, but still very much in that, you know, that basis in religion and dance combined, which is very much what she he's known for yeah she's about making dance more than just pretty dance, dance. Yeah. like it's no it's important i do like honestly like how she goes about it it's definitely of her age though yeah but like it's i do like that she realized no dance is more than just dance it's exactly. you know it's a philosophy in a way it's a art So her next big accomplishment occurred in 1938, Mm -hmm. where she founded the dance program at Adelphi Adelphi University, which was the first dance department at any American university. Oh, that's pretty cool. Right? It is to this day a cornerstone of the Adelphi Adelphi University's performing arts department. So it's still Mm -hmm. going strong. In 1940, she started a second department, dance department, at the School of Nataya, focused on Oriental dancing, quote unquote, Oriental dancing. I have no further history. I think this one shut down. Probably. Thankfully. Um, (laughs) So she's continuing to found schools, dance, teach, choreograph works. Her last big production was September 16th, 1962 with Raymond Bowman where she danced for an eight 
our shadow puppet performance. Wow. Eight hours of dancing? Yes. So my impression is, because I was like, shadow puppet performance? Basically what it is, is she's behind the screen and Uh the screen is lit up. So she is the puppet. She's the puppet. And there's probably other puppets around her too. Yeah. No, shot it. Puppet dancing is actually pretty cool. It's actually really popular on America's Got Talent. <laughs> it's like there's always one shadow puppet thing <laughs> every single season. But I just, the thought of dancing an eight-hour performance, I'm like, <laughs> no thanks. Um, it was the very first of its kind. She died July 21st, 1968 and at the Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital. Hmm. And her legacy continues on through the students she taught who then taught more students. So a lot of her, obviously, is basically the mother of American modern dance. Yes. She has had a profound impact on the modern dance that students still learn to this day. Still learn to this day. Modern dance still thing. And then now you also have contemporary dance, too, which pulled from modern dance and just... Exactly. Exactly. So it's... It's definitely... So that is Ruth St. Dennis, the dancing goddess, mm-hmm. who, while there's <laughs> plenty to not appreciate about her tactics, was definitely impactful even to this day. Mm-hmm. So while most of her life was not born, was not in New Jersey, that was her home and where she grew up. So that is Ruth St. Dennis. Woohoo. Modern dance. Modern dance. So Jessica. Yes. If people want to discuss <laughs> Delacroix's You the Rhythmics with you or yes. other singing. Other singing. Uh, techniques. Techniques. Where can they reach you? Uh, you can tweet at me as at. J.M. Bailey writes, tell me, did your choir teacher make you do any funny poses in order to develop (laughs) breath control? (laughs) And you can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts can be found at geekeletemedia.com. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get this podcast. And if you've got a few extra dollars, Please mm-hmm. jump on over to our Patreon page. It helps support allowing us to continue to do this stuff. And there are always awesome extras, like extra episodes of this podcast and fun interviews with the Geek Elite Media team. But until next time, this is the Women of the United States of Women Me. from the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast.